Welcome to the conversation at airsafe.com. I'm your host, Todd Curtis. In the wake of the first Ebola death in the United States, there were concerns throughout the aviation industry for the risks that Ebola posed for both airline passengers and airline professionals. On October 9, 2014, I had a conversation with Charles Adler of radio station CJOB of Winnipeg, Canada, where we discussed some of these issues. Todd Curtis is with the AirSafe Foundation, and we want to start out with aviation this morning because it ties into the major story. So let me just give you the uh, major story as it's being read around the world. Uh, Sierra Leone's president says children are being orphaned, doctors and nurses are dying as Ebola overwhelms his country's health care system. Ernst by Karuma calling on the world to send millions of dollars, hundreds of doctors, and thousands of nurses to his nation. So that is ground zero for Ebola. And that's the most important part of this story from a human perspective. And we want to be human beings. We want to stay who we are. However, let's face it, all of us, while we're interested in what's going on in West Africa, are also interested in ourselves. And so the story out of Dallas yesterday, the breaking news, the person who came from Africa to Texas died. And it was a five-alarm bell right across the Internet, especially in North America. And now we're hearing that some people who work in the aviation industry uh, don't want to be on certain flights and so airlines may have an issue. Uh, Todd Curtis is our point man when it comes to airlines. He uh, worked with Boeing. Uh, he also is a veteran of the U.S. Air Force. We may ask some Air Force questions in a moment. But uh, Todd, uh, with airsafe.org, thank you so much for coming in from the Airsafe Foundation. Appreciate your time, sir. Well, thanks again for having me. It's always a pleasure. So, Todd, uh, as I say, we, we don't want to diminish uh, what is happening in Africa, where people are dying every single hour. Uh, but in terms of the aviation story for the rest of us, what are you looking at right now? Well, what I'm looking at specifically, and in fact, I wrote a piece on that this morning, is the new screening procedures that were announced yesterday by the Centers for Disease Control in the United States, where, in essence, they're going to be screening passengers who are flying from the three most effective countries, affected countries rather, screening them when they enter the U.S. to try and prevent what happened in Dallas from happening again. And of course, we're screening at several airports in this in this country as well. But what what can you tell us about uh, people in the aviation industry who don't want to be on certain flights? Do you know anything about that? Well, certainly I've, I've heard those same reports that you have, and there are some flights that are going to be more affected, specifically those airlines, and it's increasingly few, that are flying into and out of the most affected countries. Now, the concern isn't for um, the passengers as much as it is for the procedures or lack thereof that are in place at the airlines. Uh, for instance, there are, of course, procedures in place for what to do with a sick passenger. But these days, if someone's throwing up on an airplane, Instead of thinking, well, they might have had some, some uh, bad in-flight meals or too much to drink, the immediate concern, especially if it's a flight anywhere in that part of the world, is that this is something much more serious. Could you please uh, tell us, you know, uh, all of us are flying, all of us are always looking around us. I mean, ever since 9-11, we're just innately suspicious for all the self-evident reasons. How easy is it to contract Ebola? I just have this, and I'm not a doctor, I know you're not a doctor. 
I, I just have a feeling that there's an information gap here that most people think it's very easy to, to contract Ebola, and that's just not the case. It's not the case. And in fact, there, although there's an information gap as far as getting that information out into people's hands, uh, various organizations like the World Health Organization, CDC, have been fairly good about at least presenting online a lot of fairly detailed information about what Ebola is, how it's contracted, etc. And the key thing to know about Ebola is that at present, the current version of Ebola, and of course, like many viruses, it evolves over time, but the current iteration of Ebola is not uh, transmitted by air. It has to be transmitted through bodily fluids. Uh, someone throws up on you, someone bleeds on you, and they have the virus, and it enters your body that way. So we're talking about intimate contact with either the person or with the fluid, such as blood and vomit, from these people. So unless someone is infected and you have exposure to their bodily fluids, you're unlikely to get it. Now, I just want to go, and I realize once again we're not doctors here, but I think we understand this from other infectious diseases. They can't just have the virus. They have to be infected. Uh, well, by, this is where it gets a little bit... Um, um, where I'm not a physician either, but by having the virus, they are infected. But they must be infected and must be showing symptoms. For example, if they have the virus but they have no fever, uh, they're not throwing up, they're not sweating on you or anything, they have the virus within them, but they're not showing any outward symptoms. Without those outward symptoms, it's unlikely, highly unlikely, they'll infect someone else. Okay, so let me, let me put it another way and in the interest of accuracy here. Many people who are infected with a virus, any virus, are not necessarily showing symptoms. Their immune system is fighting it. That, that goes with all of them, including HIV. It's the same here. There are many, 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 many more people who are actually infected with Ebola than are actually showing symptoms. The ones we have to worry about the most as far as our own safety and the safety of our children is those people who might actually be showing symptoms of Ebola. That's correct, which is possibly the reason that the person who unfortunately passed away in Dallas, was able to go through the exit screening from Liberia. At the time he left the country, he apparently was not showing any outward symptoms of Ebola. And although the reports are somewhat um, contradictory at this point, it's unclear whether he was clearly aware that he was exposed to Ebola while he was in Liberia. Do you have any sense of whether or not this is going to be getting worse and whether or not this will be more and more of an issue for those of us who fly? Well, the second part is certainly true. It will be more and more of an issue. As I said before, there were recent um, changes in rules in the United States where five different airports are going to have more intense screening for people coming from the most affected countries. And if these procedures are effective or at least fairly easy to put into place, I foresee a lot of other countries adopting something similar especially for passengers coming from the most affected countries. Todd, thanks very much uh, for your health uh, and your health and, and your help. I'm thinking about your health now, uh, Todd, so pardon me for the, for the Freudian slip. Appreciate your time, sir. Well, I appreciate you having me. Todd, as a Curtis, fly safely, sir, and, and stay healthy. He is with the AirSafe Foundation. You want to find out what he's writing about. You want to find out what he's looking at. He's our go-to guy on aviation matters, and he can be yours as well. For more information about Ebola and airline travel, please visit ebola.airsafe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.